It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. What up? And welcome to another episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. More is coming your way these days as the family has just got settled in South Jersey as we've moved across country. For the good folks of the Philadelphia Phillies, I'm going to be doing a lot more stuff around the park for the team. Be a little bit more visible. This is uh, an incredible job, incredible opportunity, so... I could not be more excited. My family couldn't be more excited. Heck, my dog's even excited. Yet he's still in California. He had to stay back for a little bit. So uh, we're waiting on that. Anyway, till then, we got Joe Dillon today. That's right. The new hitting coach of your Philadelphia Phillies. Coming up next, right here. On in the air to left field. Going back on it. It is. I missed that. Yep, I missed that entirely, and I apologize, but family's been moving, so it's been a a crazy couple weeks, packing the house, coming back to South Jersey, and just really enjoying our time, but now that I'm settled, oh, it's on, yeah, it's on, and uh, well, why why don't we just start it off right? So let's bring on the world champion. Now, new hitting coach for your Philadelphia Phillies, Joe Dillon. Joe, what's up? Welcome to Pine Tar for Breakfast. Hey, Franny. Thanks for having me on. Well, like I said at the beginning, world champ. What does that mean to you? Uh, I, I don't know if it's sunk in yet, to be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> so, it's been a whirlwind, you know, last couple months of the season. Obviously, the boys got a great role, um, rode it all the way through, and ended up winning the final game of the season, which is, you know, every kid's dream growing up and you know people have been asking me that and I I, I told him I think the best thing you can compare to is getting married mm-hmm. you know obviously on a different level but that same type of deal where it's something you anticipate your whole life you get opportunity to go through it and when you're going through it it seems like it's taking forever and then all of a sudden you blink <laughs> and you look back and you're like what just happened who, who showed up who was there so uh, everybody's like yeah that makes sense I, I can see that so that's kind of the best thing and I'm, I'm sure not sure if it's sunken in completely yet but uh you know it's, it was a great ride we enjoyed it and it was awesome. Looking forward to try to do it again in Philly. Well, see, I, I think it's fascinating because it, it's one thing in, in the Washington Nationals and talking about it on a Phillies podcast, I get that. But you guys are 19 and 31 on my birthday, May 24th. I had to say it's my birthday because that's everyone posts that. It's like May 24th. I'm like, it's my birthday. It's perfect. But the way your season was going was like a, a just a general hitter, right? Like there's so many ups and downs and there's lulls and there's, there, there's these highs of highs. How did you guys write the ship? Like, how did you guys, as a, a you know, a staff, and you know, between you and Kevin Long, keep the guys chugging along on the offensive side? Because I feel like that's a big part of where we are today, you know, with the Phillies and and, and not having that real big, you know, uh, fall off the cliff type moments. Well, I think 
the, you know, from Kevin and I's perspective, it's just about being consistency or being consistent in the cage and with the work and keep staying positive with the guys. Because I mean, obviously playing, you know, that you're going to go through, you know, long cold streaks and at times and hot streaks and you know when they're hot try to ride the wave out and when they're cold try to shrink them and you know those types of things I think that's where the human element comes in and you know as a hitting coach always somebody's struggling you know and right when you get a couple guys a couple guys that are struggling get them going then somebody else starts struggling or whatever you know whether an injury pops up or whatever the reason is you know it's just part of baseball and I think you know being consistent in the cage every day regardless of what's going on and being positive and keeping the guys working and going I, I think that's one thing we've really focused on the last two years, and that's something Kevin's always done. Um, it's something I learned from him, you know, working hand in hand with him daily the last couple of years. Um, but, you know, when you look at our record at that point in time, you know, people don't realize, but we were, you know, we were crippled by injuries, you know, that the first four or six weeks, you know, Trey's gone, you know, you know how important Trey is to that lineup. Um, Tony gets hurt. Tony was playing banged up on top of that. So, you know, Zim, Zim was hurt. How he was hurt early on, so you know you're missing a lot of big bats in that lineup, and I think it was kind of a combination of of guys getting healthy, um, you know, adding par to the mix, you know, at kind of sparked everything, um, you know, just started adding some characters, and the and the pieces came together, and and you saw what happened. And and you look at when when you say it, it it's like someone's always struggling. And I, and I texted you yesterday this. I'm like, why in the hell would you want to be a hitting coach? Because when, when things are going bad, it's your fault, right? I mean, it's not for sure. It's rarely the, uh, the hitter's fault and, and things that are going on. Uh, and when someone's going like three or four guys are hot, you got two guys that are really struggling. So you're like, you're grinding over here on this. What inspired you to be a hitting coach? <laughs> well, Honestly, uh, Kevin Long did. I mean, I, I, uh, I guess this year was going on 20 years, and the first time I came in contact with Kevin was 1998. Was uh, instructional league, so I had some, I had some issues. You know, I had a big leg kick. I dove. You know, I did, I did some things that weren't, weren't a uh, very, uh, very conducive to playing professional baseball every day. <laughs> And so, you know, I had a, I had some decent years early, you know, but I was, you know, high strikeout, low average, you know, I drove in some runs, hit some homers, but, you know, it just wasn't what I was capable of doing. And so I, I was kind of Kevin's project in, in instructional league. We, we, we started working then and he kind of changed my career from a player's perspective um, and getting around him. And then, you know, he, he teaches, he tries to teach the hitter so you can be your own hitting coach. And that's what he did with me. And then you know, challenge me, you know, what are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? You know, this is what needs to happen. How can we make that happen? And so he just kind of poured into me and taught me how to teach myself. And, you know, that kind of started the wheels going. And then, you know, you know how it is. You, you did yep. the same thing as, as you go through your career and you become, you know, experienced and, you know, the young guys come up and, you know, you've had some success. They start asking you questions and you start helping guys, you know, as a veteran player and, you know, kind of the veteran guys become, you know, pseudo coaches to help out and, that's kind of how the ball got rolling. And, um, you know, so at the end of my career, I had a couple of organizations ask me, Hey, when you're done playing, you know, we'd love you to coach. So that kind of started playing the seed. Um, you know, I got done playing in 2010 was my last year with the Rays in triple a. And, um, I got done and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I want to get a regular job. I want to be home with the family. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to be dad every day. And I did that for about a year and a half, uh, doing, 
pharmaceutical sales and did really well, but was miserable as something I knew I didn't want to do. And then I worked for a, a friend of mine for a year and a half doing uh, for DBAT Sports, franchising baseball academies, which I love, but I'm still sitting behind a desk and it wasn't what I love to do. And, you know, teams kept calling and finally my wife's like, next opportunity to get to coach, you need to take it because you're miserable. <laughs> you need you need to get back. You need to get back doing what you love to do. And so, ironically, about 10 days later, the Nationals called and offered me the AAA hitting coach. And, you know, here we started that journey, and, and here we are today. Yeah, and I was with the Nationals when you were there, and, and everyone that came up, they just raved about you. And I played against you uh, when you were in Albuquerque and Nashville and, and Milwaukee. And it, it was like just seeing you again. I was like, man, we got another Bay Area guy here. I mean, you could have helped me out when I was over thirty in spring training at one point. Damn! No, that was a fact. You, you saw me. I've, I, I, you and I have had this conversation. My beard, and there, there's a story for each gray like patch that I have in there, and the over thirty is like the giant one on my left side. I was like, yeah. that was sweet. You saw me yeah. melt completely. Uh, you said something there that that actually resonates a lot with me, and and. I don't think it does with many people in the game, whether it's youth or, or, or the big leagues. And that's teach a hitter to be able to teach themselves. And when I would coach and, and, and talk to young hitters, it was all about feelings, not about your internal, like emotional feelings, but what do you feel? And it's not about what I feel as a, as a coach. Cause I know what I feel, but what do you feel? How hard do you see that, you know, for getting it, uh, that idea across to big league hitters to understand what you feel. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it starts with communication. Number one, you know, and you know how important relationship is with your coaches and trust. I mean, I think that's number one. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, once you build that trust and relationship, then it's a better, you know, once you dive into them and learn, kind of learn their, and that kind of what you're talking about for me, I, I interpret that as learning their language. So what, what language are you speaking? What feelings do you have that make you tick and make you successful, make you efficient, consistent? And so that's kind of that learning process, that trust building process that that takes place with the coach and player. And, you know, as you kind of go through that, it's basically for me, I try to I think of each guy as an individual. They're speaking a different language. Each guy has their own different language. Now, some guys can speak the same language and, and the same terminology works for them. But generally, they're all going to have a little bit different feels, a little bit different understandings. And, and that's what makes us all human being and all different. And I think catering to that and then, you know, kind of reinforcing it's OK. You can think, something. you know, I, I had some crazy I tell guys all the time I had some crazy thoughts and I would never tell somebody to do what I thought. <laughs> But it worked. But it worked for me, you know. If I if I'm if I'm speaking Japanese and it's working for me, and you have no idea what Japanese, you know, yeah. you can't understand Japanese, and you're speaking Spanish, and that works for you, you know, I'm not going to try to teach you Japanese because you're you you speak Spanish, right? Yep. So just that, that kind of um, analogy. But so that's that's the biggest thing for me. I, I think that's where it goes, and then you start, you know hey, this is your language. This is, this is what makes you tick. These are the, your thoughts and the process that makes you makes you consistent and efficient, makes your body do what you need to do to be successful. Well, it's just – hitting's awesome, but it's it's so confusing to so for many because it, it's so different. Each individualizes you were talking about, speaking each one's language. Uh, who's been uh, – I'm not going to say your biggest project, but like one that you're like so proud of 
for their success because you know how hard they worked. They they had to change so many. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton, but is there one that sticks out for you? Um. So my there's there, there's a couple of different guys, obviously, but you know, kind of ironically, my first probably my first one is probably my first resurrection was Manny Burris, which I think you played with Manny, didn't you? Yeah, he's my kryptonite. Thanks for bringing him up. <laughs> yeah, I got, so, I got uh, a lost job in San Francisco twice to him and uh, Washington. <laughs> it's all good. Just keep going. It's all full circle. It's right? all full circle. So Manny, um, when I got I initially got the fir- my first coaching job with the Nationals in in fourteen, um, I was a, a in, the hitting coach in Syracuse, and Manny was on on our team, and you know so he was kind of like my first project. I'm looking at Manny. I'm like, okay, Manny's, you know, late twenties, you know, he might've been, I think he's 29 or 30 at the time. I, I don't know. I don't remember the exact age, but you know, he had some big league time, not much success. He's a, he, he's a guy that relied on speed. You know, he just basically, you know, one of those guys that like hit the ball and, and run. And, you know, he's a high profile guy. He's a first round pick, all those different things. And then he kind of gets where he doesn't really know what he needs to do as a player. So, you know, I just like, I go, here's my perception is like, you know, and whether he, you know, this really happened or not, but my perception of him and, you know, like slap the ball on the ground and run and nobody really ever took time to break him down and, and, and hit or nothing clicked for him at the time. I'm sure somebody tried to work with him a, a bunch, but whether something clicked or not, you know, and, and really got him more efficient, consistent. So we just kind of broke it down and, you know, he, he came as, I think we were about, I remember it was like 10, 12 days in, into the season. I was after the game doing a report and he comes, he sneaks his head and he goes, Joe, can we hit? And it was like, you know, it was like 10, 30, 11 at night. And so I was like, yeah, let's go. So we, we go down in the cage and we start grinding and that became just a regular thing for us at home. We just hit after games and start grinding and, you know, something clicked in him and he just had a career year and, um, kind of put himself back on the map and he ended up making it to the big leagues, you know, um, either that the next year with Washington. Yeah. Next um, year. Yeah. And you know, that was, that was kind of a, a huge, honestly, I felt better about that than when I got called it myself hmm. just for him and how much he worked and he was grinding and, you know, just the stuff behind the scenes that nobody sees, you know, after yeah. games, he's, you know, he's playing, he's playing every day. And then he's coming in and he's grinding, just trying to get his swing right. And he's, you know, things started making sense for him. He's, you know, obviously, you know, an older, more veteran player. He kind of understood things better, um, understood and started, things started clicking for him. And, and that was, that was probably my, my, the first one that, that kind of clicked. And that's just one that I always remember, remember. And it was one of those because he came to you, not let you had to go chase for him. And well, we need to do this. It was the fact that the player, took control of his career saying like, man, I, I need help. Let's go. And and he went out to, to, to see you seek help from you. For sure. I mean, and I think that's how it's for me in my experience so far, that's, that's the best that that's always how it works. The best, you know, the, the players are always going to come, as you know, we all struggle through the season. I don't care who you are. Um, you're going to have struggles and, you know, I think being available and, and the timing component of coaching, that's the players coming to you and, and when that happens, you you better be prepared and be ready. But you know when, when that happens, that's your opportunity to to click and and go. And you know that's kind of that relationship and the trust that we talked about earlier. Um, and I think that's when you you have your best success and and helping guys. More pine tar for breakfast with Joe Dillon, the hitting coach of the Philadelphia Phillies. And 
We were just talking a little bit about philosophy and everything. Anyway, hit me up on Twitter at Kevin Franzen, K-E-V-I-N-F-R-A-N-D-S-E-N. Let's get this to be the top rated Phillies podcast. It is a MLB.com Phillies podcast. Pine tar for breakfast. Kevin Franzen. More with Joe Dillon right here. So I, I think when you talk about hitting coaches and all that stuff, it doesn't matter if it's a uh, – I don't know, a high school hitting coach, a little kids hitting coach. There's always a philosophy behind them. And, you know, with you, I'm sure there's a there's a, a core value that you have to hitting. Uh, but a lot of the stuff that you read about and I know and, and you're able to you're an outside the box thinker. Is that from experience? Is that from you tinkering here at, at times? when you were playing or is it like a lot of you know collaboration between you Kevin Long and and you know even just the players that you've been around in general um I think for me it's kind of that endless pursuit to find more information to help guys um you know I, I think a lot of my my values are are traditional um you know my foundations from Kevin um, the kind of the mechanical foundation uh, the base that I have that I that I learned is from Kevin um, now, obviously, we have technology and stuff to help help measure different things and and see things that we couldn't see before. Um, so learning those things, you know, just just basically trying to gather new tools to help guys. You know, you never know what you're going to need need to use. And with technology, we, you know, we have we have some better tools now, some better ways to help guys. Um, so I think that's kind of more of the outside the box stuff um, that you're talking about. But, you know, at the same time. You know, the way I look at it is kind of the art and science of, of coaching, right? So you got the science, which is the new technology and the numbers and the facts that we know they're truths. And then the art of it is connecting with the players, building trust, um, no, learning to speak their language so they can understand what we need them to do and being able to simplify that so they can understand it and apply it. And, you know, I think that's the art and that's kind of the old, you know, for me, the old school coaches that have been around forever they're, they're really they're, they're artists right they they really know how to do they've had so many different players and connected with so many different guys they have a, a good grasp of that and then kind of the new the new wave is the science and the technology and all those other new tools that that tell a different story and kind of give us a different perspective i think it's a, a good blend of those two and i think that's what i try to do well i i think it's going to be tremendous because you got a lot of hitting talent you got a lot of guys that are hitterish and one guy obviously that you know really well and Bryce Harper, you're going to be back with him. And, and anything that you could share that just working with him in the past that you're excited to see, because this year was a phenomenal year for Bryce, uh, especially with all the pressure. He signs a contract. Everyone's like, you know, you, you go to Washington, everyone's booing him. He goes and does his thing. Um, but 35 homers, 114 RBIs, just, you know, a ho-hum year for him. Uh, <laughs> what, what is it with Bryce, your connection with him, you know, stories anything that you got that that we could share well first of all we know how talented bryce is he's okay anybody that's he's all right anybody that's been around him and 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 played with him or or watch him play every day just a supremely talented athlete and player and um you know like you said a ho-hum year for him as as good of a year as, as he had you know like i think i think he would be the first one to admit that he's he's got more in there um you know, and, and I think he's, he's very capable of, of doing more as well. You know, I think it's, I think on, on a regular year, he's going to do what he did, you know, and, and, you know, then you look at his MVP year and, and see what he's capable of doing. And, you know, I think just with him, it's, it's a, 
it's a matter of being able to control his environment a little bit. You know, his work is, you know, people only see him in the game, mm -hmm. so you don't see him behind the scenes. And his cage work, some of the best cage work I've seen. Um, it's very consistent, efficient. You know, he does a great job in the cage, and he's, you know, very routine-oriented. You ever done the um, seeds? You yeah. ever done the beans? <laughs> like, you ever, you ever tried afterwards, like, when he leaves? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> I tried it once. I look like an absolute fool. Anyway, yeah. keep going. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but, you know, he, he's, a, he's a great, great guy. Um, you know, I've, I've I, you know, I know JT Romuto as well from Miami a, a little bit. I got to work, you know, opportunity to work with him a little bit in spring trainings and, and a couple of times here and there going up and down. But, you know, he, he raved about Harp and the clubhouse and Philly and, um, what a good job he was doing and all those different things. So I'm just, I'm just, you know, excited to get, get an opportunity to get back with him and work with him and, and, and watch him, watch him put up MVP type numbers. Well, it's fun. Cause like for you being on the opposite side, right. And, and being on a rival uh, staff and, and watching your guys, your guys at that time compete against the team that you're going against or going to be going to, you know, at times you could see the frustration from the Phillies hitters, right? I mean, it, it, it's just, it's a, it's a natural thing. You, one guy leads to the next and well, how much of that <laughs> when you could come over here and be like, look guys, that was some pretty damn good pitching you were facing. Like sure. Strasburg, <laughs> Corbin. Like how much for you do you, do you have to like not reiterate that to these guys, but just in general, I mean, there's, there's, there's still a guy on the mound that that's, you know, paid pretty well. And keeping those frustrations down. I mean, we saw it all year with Reese. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, so that's the one. The one thing, like when we're playing the Phillies, you know, being the hitting coach, so I'm, I'm pretty much in, in the video room when when they're hitting, mm -hmm. you know. So when we're on defense, and then when the home, you know, my team's on defense, I'm in the video room, uh, you know, watching the previous innings of bats and doing some different things. Or obviously, once the once the bench starts getting going, I'm. I was in there. Garbage cans, all that stuff. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, all that <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. So, um, so I didn't get a chance to look at them that much, but obviously, you know that you know the talent that they have on the on the, in the lineup, and um, you know that's just part of the game. Like you said, they get the pitchers get paid to to get guys out too, and there's you know the the NL East is no joke. I mean, the starting pitching in the NL East is is solid top to bottom everywhere. I mean, you can you know you look at the Marlins. The Marlins have got some young young arms that were you know really impressive so i mean and you obviously got the met staff the the oh. national stats our staff you know so you're looking at it i mean it's the nl east is no joke when it comes to starting pitching so um it's challenging for everybody's offense you know when you're when you're playing in division so i mean but you know ultimately these guys are the best in the world at what they do you know if you look at it every starting position player in the major leagues is one of the best 30 at their position in the world and so, you know, never, never forgetting that and, and using that. And those guys are getting paid to get you out and you're getting paid to, to capitalize on their mistakes. Yeah, just a tad. And hopefully there's a lot more mistakes than, uh, than, you know, just the dominance that we saw a lot this year from, from most, from most of those NLEs teams that you saw. I mean, it's, yeah, sure. it's such a grind. It's a grind up in the booth watching these guys. You're like, how are they supposed to hit that? That's not fair. <laughs> But like okay, so season ends, world champion parade, all this stuff. Yeah, blah, blah blah. We get it. We're gonna get a ring. I get it. Blah blah blah. Joe Girardi calls or Matt Clintac, and and the interview process happens. Like just take me back to your experience on that. I mean, it, it was it 
one you felt completely comfortable with, uh, you know, and, and, and talking to Joe Girardi and, and understanding what he wants and, and just being yourself. Was it, was it one of those that was pretty simple for you? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's something, you know, I went through the process last off season, um, interviewed with a couple teams last off season. And for me, I mean, I'm all about having the right fit. And so it's just being, being honest and transparent and conversational and tell them, you know, having the conversation, what I believe in and, how I think, um, you know, the ability to help different guys. And, you know, obviously there's, there's a connection with Joe. Joe worked with Kevin, you know, in, in New York and with Rob Thompson. Um, Great. You know, Kevin man. worked with both those. Yeah. Kevin worked with both those guys, you know, and raved about them. And so there's, there's kind of that link there, but nothing, nothing directly personal relationship wise. But I think just going in and being yourself and if it's a good fit, wonderful. Um, if it's not, it's not. And that's just, you know, that's part of our business, but, um, you know, it was, it was a great fit and, you know, offered off me the opportunity to do it and I, really excited to, to move on and get rolling with them. Now, the question I have is like, okay, did you wear long sleeve collared shirt in the interview? Short sleeve? Did you show off the forearms? You got some forearms <laughs> on you. Did you show them? It, it was, it was, it was cold. So we went, we went, with, oh, uh, come on. We, we, went, we, we went business casual. So we, I mean, uh, at least roll up the we, sleeves, we <laughs> right? Yeah. No. Well, uh, I'm I'm in the process, like I told you before we got on. I'm I'm going to work out. I got I got to get back in shape. I, the last couple of months I slacked a little bit, so we're we're slacking. Well, l- l- how about slack next year at the same time, and then like let's see if it rolls over to this, like you know, with the Phillies, and we could get a title here too. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the plan. All right, so. <laughs> Got a couple quick questions on this one. Uh, we like to play on pine tar for breakfast, waffle or not. Okay. And uh, it's kind of a breakfast theme, but, you know, wafflage means just absolutely owning a pitcher. Uh, you have 217 career bats in the big leagues. I did my research, and uh, I, need to, I need to know some things. Waffle or not, Bronson Arroyo. I'd say not. All right. Why would you say not? Like, is there any? Ex- I, do you remember completely? I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember anything. But I, I don't remember anything good. I'll tell you that. All right. One for five. <laughs> okay. You didn't waffle him. I'm, I'm sorry, but you didn't. Heath Bell. Not. Yeah. Over three. You suck. I actually went one for, I think twelve off of Heath Bell. So I got you on that. He. Uh, yeah. I didn't. I faced him a bunch of the minor leagues too, and he I just didn't no, talk nonstop. I never, that it would just yeah. annoy you. <laughs> I never, I never saw him very well. Andy Pettit. I'd say not. Yeah, not over three. Jeff Francis. Waffle. Oh, <laughs> say it with conviction. Yes, <laughs> three for four, double, triple, two walks. So we're talking about an OPS against Jeff Francis of 23-33. Matt Belisle. Ooh. I, Ooh. I, um, I'd say not, but. What? Um, <laughs> I don't remember. Waffle, two for three, two doubles, four RBI against Matt Belisle. That's wafflage. All right. 
Hall of Famer, Randy Johnson. Waffle. <laughs> Can you tell people why? Homer. I, I know I hit a homer off him, but yep. I think I got a couple other hits, and I think even my outs were loud. Yeah, well, it's only one out because he walked you once. I think that was intentionally. Double homer, <laughs> three RBI, 2750 OPS. That, my friend, is waffling someone. Yeah, when you when they're all pinch hits or spot starts, you only get like two or, th- yeah, two yeah, or three yeah. bats no, off. No, 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 that, that's, that's owning someone. <laughs> that's owning a Hall of Famer. That's like, my, like doing this stuff is fun because you For go sure. back and, and uh, you find out what people remember. Yeah. And, and it's just like, you know, with, with Joe Girardi, I had a bot and we were going over it. He thought, he, oh, that guy owned me. And I was like, dude, you hit like 450 against the guy. Was, <laughs> really? I didn't remember that. I was like, oh, yeah. No, that's Wafflage. There's certain guys that like resonate with you, and and the, when you when I say Randy Johnson, you knew it. I was like, yeah, I love that stuff. Um, all right, this is not a waffle or not, but do you remember the name of the stadium you hit number one home run, your first major league home run? Pro player, right? Miami. Well, okay, so this is where this is where we're at right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You're wrong. You're in the right city. <laughs> and I had to ask it because it went through like a name change like six times, right? Ex- in, a, in like a Exactly. Uh Do you have any other guesses? I, I forget. They <laughs> like you said, they changed the name like every year when I was there, so All right. Uh, if you could believe it, it was Dolphin Stadium. Really? It was the only time it, like for a little bit I hit a home run at Dolphin Stadium as well. There you go. I wanted to hit one at Joe Robbie Stadium, which was the year before. And then the year <laughs> after that was Pro Player Stadium. I was like, dude, they, I was like, come on. Three years, three names. Yep. That's what I said. I, I don't remember. I remember it changed every every year. They'd say, oh, it's different stadium name this year. I'm like, okay, here I we go. I was like doing that because I was like, okay, so could you remember the name of the stadium? Yeah, actually I could. You know, Petco Park. Hasn't changed, which is great. The moment they change it, I'm screwed. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, all right. So, uh, last bit of information. Uh, I've been asked by many people on uh, Twitter to ask a question to the hitting coach when I get a chance, and that is, are you going to talk to Anthony Rendon and say, hey, Tone, we need you over here? <laughs> I'd, I'd love to. I'll tell you that he's he's special. He's special, isn't he? He's he's a special human, special player. Yep. I mean, he's he's great. So I don't think uh, I don't think anybody in Philadelphia needs needs me to tell him that that we'd like him here. I think I think that'd be consensus to any team, any city. I think everybody's going to want him. <laughs> so. Yeah. No. Hey, you know. Okay. So he and I are real close, and and we had this great relationship from the beginning, and. My wife, Amanda, we're just laughing. We're watching. What game was it that Trey Turner played at first? Was that game five, six? Is that game six? Uh, yeah, six. Yeah, six. Yeah. And, you know, Ken Rosenthal goes in this long-winded question afterwards to Anthony Rendon. I love Ken Rosenthal, but it was a long question. And it's like, could you believe that you had to sit for like ten minutes how did you stay locked in? How could you hit a home run out there? And he's like, 
I don't know, man. I got 10 minutes on the bench. That was like perfect time for me. I just got to relax. It was cool. And it was like, <laughs> that was so Anthony Rendon. That was the perfect answer. And we're just for sitting sure. there like laughing because we're like, I mean, anyone who wants to stay in character all the time, it's him. It's not a character. Yeah. It's it's actually Anthony Rendon. Yeah. Yeah. The, I remember I remember in 14 when I came up at the end of the year. Yeah with you guys that's when we we got to work together a little bit he i remember we we're in atlanta and it was like oh it's a clinching clinching week yeah it was a clinch it was clinch week so we just had i think we came in atlanta we had a one yeah we got game. drunk together and i remember <laughs> i remember <laughs> i remember jordan walden remember the guy that used to jump throw a oh, yeah. nasty slider oh yeah so it was like it was like bottom of the or top of the eighth i think i think i think we were down like one run jordan walden comes in to face Tony, it was, I think it was like first and third or or first first and second, something like that. And he's up there at the bat, two outs, it's like two two count. The guy's throwing him filth up there, and I remember he yawns during yes. the at bat. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, is this is this guy for real right now? And then like he fouls off a couple more pitches, then he hits an absolute rocket to center. He lines out, but I'm like, this guy just yawned off this guy, this nasty guy on the mound throwing yeah. hundred with the nasty slider. And he just waffled one to center. Yeah. And I'm like, that's pretty special right there. <laughs> just the fact that they caught it on TV, too, is my favorite part. We're like, really? <laughs> like, you have that on – that that's going everywhere with you. And, and sure enough, every once in a while you'll get the yawn uh, meme or something from Anthony Rendon. Yeah. It's like – it's the it, look, if we could all hit like that, it would be special, one thing, but have the mentality of being so relaxed and being so confident in – who you are. I mean, there's, there hasn't been much change in him. No, not at all. Which is pretty cool. Like to have the same stance, the same mentality all the time. You're going, wow. Awesome. All right, Joe. Yeah. Uh, well, again, congrats on the, uh, the world championship. Now, uh, turn the page. Okay, please. Thanks. You're a Philly. And, uh, congratulations on becoming the, the new hitting coach for, the Philadelphia Phillies, and uh, I'll be pumped to see you all year. Awesome, Franny. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I'll look forward to seeing you all year as well, buddy. Cables! <laughs> <laughs> and that, my friends, was Joe Dillon, your new hitting coach of the Philadelphia Phillies, right here at Pintar for breakfast. I am your host, Kevin Franzen, and there's going to be a lot more Pintar for breakfast. Maybe tomorrow we'll do something else, but... Uh, Today, it was to talk to hitting coach, the new hitting coach of your Philadelphia Phillies, and a great dude, Joe Dillon. He's a Bay Area guy. We got some, some things in common, but um, I'm excited. This is awesome being here on the East Coast now, full time. A little colder, a little colder, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to be around you, the fans, and, and let's get some more insight. Hit me up on Twitter, at Kevin Franzen. Ask questions. Let's get it rocking. Tell your friends about it. Pass it along. Number one Phillies podcast. What's up? Pine tar for breakfast. Peace.